I know you are seated right now, but keep standing. I don't mean you should physically stand. I mean stand in your spirit. Glory be to God. Somebody had better stand on the promises of God. God is dependable. God is reliable. God is good. God is faithful. His mercy endured forever. Till our last breath, we are going to be shouting his praise. Is the shield of our body in this world. The shield of our soul in the world to come. Ever reliable God. Keep standing. Don't be like the children of Ephraim. Psalm 78 from verse 9 all the way to 16. The Bible says the children of Ephraim were armed to the teeth. But in the day of battle they turned back. Stand on the promises of God. Your day is coming. Help is coming. Your salvation is near. Speak to everyone going through some kind of challenge or trouble. Help is near. And help is here. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to conclude. I thought I concluded last week. On what I titled keep standing. But the Holy Ghost reminded me I didn't conclude. It sounded very good. And we ended on the note of victory. And we sang that song. Fade out wait on the Lord. Don't tempt me to sing again this morning. Shall renew their strength. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> the choir, they know how to get me to sing. Finally, my brethren. Turn to your neighbor and say, finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Okay, so let me read the rest. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. That's another word, to stand there. In the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore. Having your loins get about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. You see, throughout the scripture, the word stand, stand, stand. And that was what I preached two weeks ago. And last week, the Holy Ghost gave me the word, keep standing. And I thought I was done. But then he told me to conclude this morning. Because he already gave me the conclusion. I didn't get there last week. It looked as though I got there, but I didn't get there. And I was saying, Lord, give me a fresh word for the week. He said, you have not concluded that one. You need to conclude it. So, this is the conclusion of the matter. Having done all to stand, stand. Standing, I said, as I preached two weeks ago and as I preached last week, standing is a posture of faith. Life is not a playground. Life is full of its own challenges. Whether you know it or not, whether you go to church or not, you will face challenges. They are an integral part of life. Now, many people cave under the weight of pressure. When life brings its pressure and its problems and all of that, the easiest thing to do is to want to run away and go and hide your face somewhere. Or go and hide your head somewhere. But as God's children, we can see from the Bible that quitting, running away is not an option. In 1 Samuel 17, when David came face to face with Goliath for the first time, everybody was cringing. David said, no, I I'm going to get this guy. They saw him as too big to handle. David saw him as too big to miss. How can I miss this guy? At some point, the Bible says the giant began to walk towards David to go attack him. Now, David being a little guy at the time, the easiest thing to do was to have run away. But David gave us an example. He didn't run away. He ran towards his challenger. He ran towards his challenges. When life brings trouble, brings situations that are overwhelming, things you are probably not even prepared, or prepared for, or things that you never uh, 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 envisaged could happen, don't run away. Stand. We saw also the, the posture of Shammah, which we read about two weeks ago in First Samuel, one of the mighty men of David. These guys had learned 
under the tutelage of David. They had learned to stand that no matter what comes, the Philistines came in their number, First Samuel 23, they came in their number and everybody took off. But Shammah stood, the Bible says, in the midst of the ground full of lentils, full of beans, full of food. And the Bible says he defended it. One man against the whole troop of the Philistines. Against the whole army of the Philistines. One man stood his ground, defended the ground, and God gave him the victory. God is always with the people who stand. God is always with those who make up their mind. I'm going to face this situation. And by the help of God, I'm going to overcome it. I'm not going to allow the devil have the last laugh over my life. Listen, Jesus has won the victory. Don't waste the victory. He has won it. And can I tell you what? In him, you have also won. For whatsoever is born of God is scheduled to overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. But then listen, in the natural, when you stand for a long time, I know there are some battles and situations that rage for long, maybe longer than necessary or protracted beyond what you thought. You thought to go away in two months and you're still there in four months. What do you do? In the natural, you begin to get weak and weary. You want to get a seat and sit down in the natural. But the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So then, we need strength. If I'm going to keep standing, <laughs> I need strength though. Because standing is a posture of faith. The devil wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to give up on your faith in God. And I began to ask the Lord, when that time comes, when it looks like we're weary, we're almost tired of standing. What do we do? And this is the concluding part of it. He said, don't you ever forget that you have a standby. You have a person who is your strengthener. You don't stand all by yourself. There is somebody standing by you. Is your standby. At the same time, it doubles up as your strengthener. Is the one that injects strength into you so that no matter how long the battle takes, you are able to stand until you see the salvation of the Lord. I bring to you this morning, to your attention, the standby, the strengthener. His name is the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? I cannot exhaust all that we need to know about the Holy Spirit in one service. Not even in one year. Not even in a lifetime. But the little that time would permit us, that God also would permit us to say, we would say this morning. I want you to know that standing requires strength. So to keep standing, you're going to need renewed strength. Let's go to the prayer of Paul the Apostle in Ephesians chapter 3, which is supposed to form part of our daily prayer. Ephesians 3 verses 14 to 16. You should pray this over your life every day you have breath. Nobody ever outgrows the, the power of the word of God. You don't outgrow or outlive the usefulness of the word of God. Paul said, for this cause I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That it would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. By his spirit in the inner man. Somebody said to be strengthened with might. Oh no, that doesn't sound like you are strengthened yourself. Let me hear the voices of the people that are strengthened. Amen, that sounds better. To be strengthened with might. By his Holy Spirit. In your Inner man. Now, protocol, I'm going to ask you to do something for me now. Sorry, I didn't warn you before. Get me a glass cup. Preferably, if you can get, check my office. 
if you can get a transparent glass cup, get it for me. If you can't get a transparent one, if you get a mug, look somewhere in my office. There's a Stambik IBTC pack, gift pack on the floor. If you can't get a transparent one, open that pack. Interestingly, somebody just blessed me with a gift and it has not gone home. I think there's a mug there and then you can bring it. Clean it for me and then bring it. I want to demonstrate something about the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, I like to do things in pictures once, once in a while when I have the opportunity because these pictures stay with us for a long time. Amen. Strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Look, if you lose strength in your inner man, it's the worst thing that can happen to any believer. If you lose strength in your outer man, your body, you are still in a good place. Because your body can be quickened by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Isn't it amazing how that the Holy Spirit, look, people preach about the Holy Spirit and teach about him so much only for spiritual matters. Do you know that the Holy Ghost also helps us in physical matters? Do you know that the Holy Ghost actually even ministers to your physical body? Romans 8, 11, quickly. Romans 8, 11. Can we have that on the screen? Thank you. Now let's read together. But if the spirit of him, I can't hear your voice. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your spirit man. Shall also quicken your, this body that will expire at 120. Your mortal body. How? By his spirit that dwells in you. One of the benefits that we gain from the Holy Spirit is not just to speak in tongues. It's not just to know spiritual mysteries. Yes, those are part of them. Not just to know revelation. Not just to have impartation. But listen, the Holy Spirit also works on your physical body. So if there's any part of your body that is damaged, you can talk to the Holy Spirit for repair. And it can do a transplant. Amen? It can do a restoration. The Bible says it will quicken your mortal body. The word interpreted quicken there is also interpreted restore. It's also interpreted resuscitate. It's also interpreted revitalize. It can put vitamins in your body. It can revitalize your mortal body. It can renew your strength. It can renew your youth. Can I have an amen? Now, my emphasis this morning is actually on the strength in your inner man. If your body is weak, you can get some rest, get some food, say some prayers, and have strength back. But what do you do? When your spirit man is weak. Because that is the real you. The real you is not the you we see on the, on the outside. The real you is on the inside. And that is where strength comes from. If you lose strength in that place. Uh, it is not a good picture. It is the reason people commit suicide. When they've come to the end of the strength in their spirits. Look, there's no hope anymore. Whatever the devil tells them to do at that time, they do it. They, they, they will throw caution in the air. This is why you must never allow yourself to get to the point where you have no more strength in your inner man. There are two ways you can get strength. I'll focus on one for the sake of time, but I will mention the two. Number one, you can get strength by feeding. Sounds very simple. In the natural, when you're weak, usually when you're hungry, you're weak. Usually when you're fasting, you're hungry. And that's not a good time to fight. Somebody wants to engage you, you run away because there's no physical strength. But you go home and you make yourself some meal and you eat. Now, I say it every time. I don't know the process. 
where or how food is converted to energy. But I do know that if I eat, I have strength. Is anybody like me this morning? When you eat, you have strength. Now, whether in the form of glucose or adenosine triphosphate, the doctors can explain. But somehow, energy comes. When you feed on the word of God, strength comes. And I want to encourage you. When I tell you every time, almost in every service, read the Bible every day or pray every day, fellowship with God every day, it is not religion we are talking about here. It's not out of, we don't have any point to talk about. It is because, so you can have strength to stand in the evil day. The Bible speaks about the evil day. Paul the Apostle mentioned it in Ephesians chapter 6 that we read. He said, so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Because there is the evil day. And it comes to every man. Blessed is that man that is fed and strengthened when the evil day comes. The number two way you get strength is by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And can I tell you what? The Holy Spirit and the word of God work together. Right from Genesis, you remember, in the beginning, the, the earth was without form and void and all of that. And the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the deep. And the moment God released the word, the Holy Ghost went into action and then creation began. So, the Spirit of God and the word of God always work together. Actually, when you sit with your Bible and you begin to meditate, it is the Holy Ghost that is the teacher who sits with you. And begins to explain things to you and begins to feed your spirit man. Can I have an amen to that? So the second way we get strength is by the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. By the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can strengthen you in your inner man. That's what we read now in Ephesians chapter 3 and uh, verses six, 14 to 16. Let me show you one more place where it appears. Colossians 1.11. Colossians 1.11. It says, strengthened. This is under prayer. You should pray for yourself every day. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Somebody say, I am strengthened with all might. Yeah, yeah. Who does that strengthening? The Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen to that? Now, I wrote in my note here for you. We have... The New Testament advantage. You can write it down if you're writing. We have the New Testament or New Covenant advantage. What is the advantage that we have? That's what I want to demonstrate to you now. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Hmm. This is really big. If God will give you the revelation of this, it will liberate you. Do you know that under the old covenant, the Holy Spirit didn't dwell inside them? No, he didn't. All of the great people you read about in the old covenant, the Holy Ghost did not dwell inside them. It came upon the priest, upon the king, and upon the prophet. Anointed them for their office. But did not dwell inside them. And so he would come and go. He would come. That's why you read that when the spirit of the Lord came upon somebody. And the spirit moved him. And you know the hand of the Lord came upon him. Like 1 Kings 18 for the 6. Elijah. The Holy Ghost was one who came on him. And gave him that speed. But the Bible does not tell us that that hand entered into him. So let me practically demonstrate what I want to do now. I want to show you. Thank you. I want to show you what happened under the old covenant. Can you open that bottle of water? Now, let me show the church. Now, the water in here represents the Holy Spirit. Okay? Bring that bottle of water also. Let me show the church. Now, this is you as a believer. You have your own spirit as well. What is the difference between this water and this water? Nothing. This is water. This is water. If I mix the two, can you tell the difference? No. 
Okay, thank you. Now put that down. Close it. Close it. Put it down. Now, under the old covenant, give me the cup. I miss my, now I miss my portless, my wireless mics. Just fix it on my body and, and I have my two hands. Media, buy another one from you. If I take this away from my mouth, you won't hear me, especially those who are using MixLR. Okay, somebody wants to help me. Come. Thank you. So your job is to position this in my mouth. Thank you. Now, under the old covenant, you see this cup? It was like this, upside down. It could not contain the Holy Spirit. Can you see the Holy Spirit coming upon them? He came upon the king. He came upon the priests. He came upon the prophet. He anointed them for their office. You remember that Samuel was anointed, um, Saul was anointed king by Samuel. David also was anointed king. The anointing came on them. The anointing is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. So it came upon them, but did not dwell in them. Now, hold this. Thank you, Oriol. Let me go to John chapter 14. Jesus made a statement there. This is a teaching, so please just follow me, but I'll soon be done. John 14, and, um, and verse 16 and 17. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. That's the Greek word parakletos. That he may abide with you forever. Another one like me. That's what Jesus said. He will give you another one like me. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. Now, that's the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Come on, church. Is that right? Whom the world cannot receive. Because he seeth him not. The world does not see him. Neither knoweth him. But you know him. For he dwelleth with you. Somebody say, with them. And shall be in you. He put that in the future. Right now, he dwells with you. But on that day, he shall be. Now, he dwelleth with you. This is with you. I still have some water retained here. With you. But Jesus said, he shall be in you. Can you see that? There's a difference between with you and in you. Oreo face with me now. But she's not in me. She's even taller than me. If I try to swallow her and put her on the inside of me, I don't know what might happen. There'll be some serious casualty there. She's with me, but not in me. Jesus said the Holy Spirit was talking to the disciples. This was before he went to the cross. He said, it's with you, but it shall be in you. So what happened? On the day of Pentecost, when Pentecost was fully come, the Holy Ghost came. Somebody say, glory. glory. And he filled them to the overflow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To the overflow. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. This, this, this cup here is the New Testament believer. This is the new covenant advantage that the Holy Spirit isn't just with us, but now is in us. Can I have an amen? Is the cup clean? It tastes really good. Hallelujah. Now, don't go yet.
Let's assume there is water here. Assume. I've exhausted it. And then I pour the water in here into this place. Can you differentiate between the two? That's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes into you. It becomes difficult to differentiate between your spirit man and the Holy Spirit. You have your own spirit man. You're born again human spirit. The day you give your life to Christ, that place became recreated and became habitable for the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came into you. So now your spirit man and the Holy Ghost are intertwined. Can I have an amen? That's why whatever he wants to tell you, he will say to your spirit man. Because they are ready together. That's why you also should learn to listen to your spirit. Don't be led by your brain. As many as are led by the spirit of God in your spirit, they are the sons of God. Can I have an amen to that? Would you please put your hands together for my protocol officer this morning? So we have the new covenant advantage. What is the new covenant advantage? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen to that? A few scriptures allude to that. First John 4, 4. It says, you have got little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is with you. Come on, talk to me. Greater is he that is with you in me. Than he that is in the world. Listen, don't mess with me. I carry the greater one on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is God. You carry God on your inside. Tell your neighbor you carry God on your inside. Okay, let me ask them first of all, do you have the Holy Spirit? If they say yes, let them answer yes or no. Oh, you are saying let them answer yes or no. I mean, let your neighbor answer. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, do you have the Holy Spirit? Lola said, yes, I do. Did they say, yes, I do? Then tell them, then you carry God. You carry the almighty God on the inside of you. You are not small. You are not insignificant. You are not weak. You carry God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. When this dawns on you, you just know you can't fail. The devil will harass your mind every day, every moment. The Lord was talking to me as praise worship was going on. He said, how many times do you think the devil fires arrows at you, at your mind? You know, thoughts, bad thoughts. How many times do you think he does that and he gets tired? He's doing it every time. He can fire 10,000 in a day, can fire 1 million in a day. And hey, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I carry God. And that's why you must feed on the word of God consistently. Why? Because it is also, among other things, the shield of faith. So as he's firing it, his arrows have been quenched, and you are firing the word of God in return. Three times he came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. If you are the son of God, why don't you turn this, water, this bread into, uh, this stone to bread? Why don't you jump down? Why don't you worship? And Jesus told him three times, it is written, it is written, it is written. Can I have an amen? You must be loaded with the word of God. Load yourself up. Feed yourself. And then yield to the Holy Spirit. In, okay, we've read John 14, 16 to 17. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, power will come. Amen? So when it comes, power comes. The Holy Ghost is not just, you know, on some church calendars and logo, you find a white bird, a dove. Until today, some people think that the Holy Ghost is a yadaba. My friend, will you... The Holy Ghost is not a bird. He's a real person. He's God. Amen. The Holy Ghost is God. It's not just a bird, you know, just flying around. Jesus said, read this now. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Let's read together. One to go. But you shall receive weakness. Power. 
before, after that the Holy Ghost is come, where? Upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. So when he comes, power comes. Amen? You didn't hear what I said. I said when he comes, what comes? Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit, I'm showing you scriptures about the Holy Ghost. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in your body. Let me ask your neighbor, does the Holy Ghost dwell in your body? The Bible says he that raised up Christ, if it dwells in you rather, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. It will resuscitate, revitalize, bring back to life your mortal body. How? By his spirit that dwells in you. Amen. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works where? That works where? That works with us? That works around us? That works where? In us! And who is in you this morning? Say with me, the Holy Spirit is in me. God is in me. Resurrection power is in me. I have all the fruit of the Spirit in me right now. Heaven is in me right now. Glory be to God. Go to 1 John 2.27. 1 John 2.27. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27. And some will read this and take off and say, oh, no, I don't need to go to any church again. <laughs> now, don't, don't fall into that error. Now, okay, let's read verse 20 first of all. 1 John 2 and verse 20. Verse 20. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. The word unction, there is also the word anointing. And that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. You have him. Now, go to verse 27. But... The anointing which you have received of him abides where? I want you to note the word in, in, in. Where does he abide? In you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and his truth and is no lie, even as that taught you, you shall abide in him. Somebody again say, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I have the power of God in me. Amen. Glory be to God. First, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. You have this anointing. You have this power of God in earthen vessels. Our bodies have been described here as earthen vessels, like a, 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 a pot made of clay. Your body is an earthen vessel. This body is the, is the suit that we are wearing in this world. This body is not going to heaven with us. Dust will return to dust. So it's an earthen vessel. It's from the earth. It's an earthen vessel. But there is something we carry on the inside. We carry God. Can I have an amen? So this week, whatever challenges may come your way, you will overcome. Can I have a better amen? Therefore, brethren, because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we are equipped to stand, we are equipped to keep standing until we see the salvation of the Lord. I pray for someone here. I don't know what you're going through, but you will see the salvation of the Lord. In fact, all of us will see the goodness of the Lord. We will not only see the goodness of the Lord, we will also taste of the goodness of the Lord. In Psalm 27 verse 13, David the psalmist said, I had fainted. Psalm 27 verse 13, I had fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I had fainted unless I had believed to see. But in Psalm 34 verse 8, he took it a step further. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Come on. Amen. <laughs> you will not just see the goodness of the Lord, you will taste it. Okay, only three people came to church this morning. There is a realm for tasting. And we are in that realm by faith in the name of Jesus. We'll see miracles. We'll see signs and wonders in this church. We'll see miracles. We'll see signs and wonders in our lives. 
We will have divine acceleration. In this season, God is bringing it again. Divine acceleration. Supernatural speed in the name of Jesus. Because you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, quitting is not an option. You can't quit. You can't run away. You keep standing on the promises of God. Keep standing. Tell your neighbor, say, keep standing on the promises of God. Because God never fails. Let me begin to conclude. So I asked him, how does the Holy Ghost strengthen us? How does it do that? It is established that it strengthens us. Can you give me John 14, 26? I want it in the Amplified Classic. If you have it on your phone, media used to have it on the system, but I guess because they refurbished the systems. Do you still have it? Oh, God bless you. Oh, they have it now. I want us to read this together. One, two, go. But the comforter. Now open the bracket. Counselor. Helper. Intercessor. Advocate. What did you see there? Before standby, what did you see there? Strengthener. Then standby. Who is that? The Holy Spirit. Keep reading. Whom the Father will send in my name. In my place. To represent me and act on my behalf, it will teach you how many things? All things. So he's a teacher, right? And it will cause you to recall. Recall how many things? Will remind you of, bring, you, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Does that, does that exclude anything? In that one verse, there are so many things about the Holy Spirit. He's a teacher. He will teach you. It will bring to your remembrance. These are the ones that are quite known about him. But what about being our strengthener? Some of us have been through situations in life that we knew that we would have broken into pieces. If not for the help of the Holy Spirit. And can I tell you what? We can't live without him. Without him, we are like a terminal case. Romans 8, 26. Let me show you that quickly. And then I give you the three points. And we close. Romans 8, 26. Romans 8, 26. Is somebody getting to know the Holy Spirit this morning? All right, that's good. So likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Look at the word infirmities. The Spirit helps our infirmities. Is also translated our weaknesses and our limitations. The Greek word there is atherios and is a word for, is a general word. It's like um, in English, there are, there are certain words that are general, like the word sick, S-I-C-K. When you see somebody sick, it's general. If somebody has kata, you can say they are sick. Somebody has cancer, you say they are sick. Kata and cancer, are they the same? Uh -huh. So, just being sick. Some, some people are tired. And they also say they are sick. They are just exhausted. I say, ah, they are feeling sick. The word infirmities here also is a general word. Atherios is a general word in Greek. The kinds of diseases that Jesus healed in the Bible, there were five different kinds of them. And each of them had its own Greek name and meaning. But that's not where we are going this morning. Where we are going this morning is that when we come to the point of weakness, the Bible says the Holy Spirit helps us. You can come to a point in your life when you know, look, I don't have the strength to go on anymore. All I have now is just the Holy Spirit. And at such moments, when you call for help, when you say, Holy Spirit, help me, guess what he will do? He will help you. Put back that scripture, John 14, 26, Amplified Classic, on the screen, please. Let it remain on the screen. The Spirit also helpeth. Did you see the scripture they removed now? Romans 8, 26 says, likewise, the Spirit also helps. He helps. Now, look at John 14, 26, Amplified Classic. But the Comforter, one, Counselor, two, Helper. Helper is our helper. Can I have an amen to that? But how does he help us? How does he strengthen us? 
how can we cooperate with him so that he can strengthen us some more? Number one, three things I wrote. There are many ways, oh. <laughs> it's just the little I know I'm sharing with you. Number one, he reminds us of God's goodness. He reminds us of God's goodness, which is easy to forget in crisis situations. I must tell you this. When you are going through trouble, it is very easy to forget that God is good or that God has ever been good to you. One of the goals of the enemy is to magnify what we are going through to make it seem larger than life, larger than itself, so that we cannot even look to the goodness of God. All we can see is the problem. All we can see is the situation. Let me ask you, is God good? Has he ever been good to you? Was there a time when you had no one and your back was against the wall and God came through for you? The Holy Ghost reminds us in our crisis moment that, hey, this is not the end. It's only a bend. God has taken you through worse situations before. Imagine, cast your mind back on three years ago, five years ago, 15 years ago. Cast your mind back on when the doctors gave you no chance. And it's not their fault. It's according to the books. But here you are today still standing. The Holy Ghost reminds us of the goodness of God. Psalm 106 verse 1. The Lord is good and his mercy endures for 10 years. Forever. 107 verse 1. The Lord is good and his mercy endures for a lifetime. Beyond the lifetime. Forever. Psalm 118 verse 1. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I want to show you a scripture, Lamentations 3.25. Lamentations 3.25. Quickly, because I'm wrapping this up. Lamentations 3.25. Lamentations 3.25. Okay, read everybody. One, two, go. The Lord is... Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. When we get to the word good, you need to shout it. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. Are you going to wait for the Lord? Are you going to wait on the Lord? You're going to wait on the Lord? Then what will happen? He will renew your strength. Wait, I say. Because the Lord is good to them that wait for him. As you wait for him, you will not be weak. You will not be weary. And you will see the goodness of God. And you will taste the goodness of God. Can I have a better amen to that? In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says, Our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Why was he able to do good? Because God was with him. God the good was with him doing good. In fact, Jesus said, the works I do, I'm not the one doing them. It is the Father, the good Father that dwells in me, who does the good works. Amen. Does he want to do good in your life this week? Does he want to do good in your family this week? Does he want to do good today? You will see the goodness of God. The Holy Ghost brings the goodness of God to your remembrance. Number two, how does this strength? Because when you remember that, energy comes. Okay, God has been so good to me. I'm not just going to look at what is not working right now. I'm going to look at all the things that are working. Number two, how does this strengthen us? It reminds us not only of the goodness of God, but also of the faithfulness of God. Of the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. Oh. No matter what we go through, let the Holy Ghost remind you, God is faithful. I'll give you a few scriptures and you can write them down. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Moses speaking right there. Amidia, I need you now. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Deuteronomy 7, 9. 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God. Somebody say the faithful God. Isaiah 49, verse 7. Isaiah 49 and verse 7. Isaiah 49 and verse 7. Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and his Holy One, to whom um man despiseth. Don't worry if they despise you. All right? To him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise. Kings will see you and arise. Princes also shall worship. Because of the Lord that is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. 
I wrote that scripture out in one of my parchments. I said, because of the Lord that is faithful. Because of the Lord that is faithful. Psalm 36 and verse 5. Quickly, Psalm 36 and verse 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. The faithfulness of God reaches where? To the clouds. Can your hand touch the cloud? That means the faithfulness of God is, is inexhaustible. You can't exhaust it. It goes beyond you. Hallelujah. Lamentations chapter 3 from verse 21 to 23. Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. The writer of Lamentations, Jeremiah said, This I recall to mind. May you be able to recall. Wherefore I have hope. Some people are not able to recall. That's why they kill themselves. They are not able to remember that there was a time. Remember how our God has never failed. He's never failed us. Remember how his name will make a way. He'll make a way. From the cross to the grave. He is risen. Now he reigns. Praise the Lord. Sing his praise again. Many are not able to recall. They forget. Jeremiah said, this I recall to mind. Then I have hope. When I remember, when you remember the things that God has done for you, how he's been faithful, then you have hope. You have hope for the future. You have hope for this mountain standing in front of you right now. Can I have an amen to that? This I recall to mind and I have hope. What did you recall? It is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great. Is thy faithfulness. Small is thy faithfulness. For they are new every morning. Always new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. First Corinthians 1 9, the Lord is faithful. First Corinthians 10 13, the Lord is faithful. He said, There hath no temptation taken you, which is not such as is common to man. In First Corinthians 10 13, he said, But the Lord is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. That you might be able to bear it. I pray for someone today. The Holy Ghost will strengthen you in the inner man. And you will overcome every trial. That you are going through in the name of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. It says faithful is he that called you. Who also will do it. Whatever God has promised you is faithful to perform. And you will see it in the name of Jesus. Final scripture for that. 2 Thessalonians 3.3. It says God is faithful. Is God faithful? Is God faithful? From the old covenant to the new. One thing that is constant is the faithfulness of God. God has never failed anybody before. It won't start now. Amen? And why will it start with you? I remind myself of that. Finally, this morning, I'm learning to keep to time now. I have 11 minutes to go. And I want to finish before 11 minutes. Glory be to God. Pastor Fred is really trying now. How does he strengthen us? He magnifies Jesus. Mm. This point is deep and it's conk. I pray the Holy Ghost himself will explain it to you. When we are in trouble, when we are going through a trial, the devil magnifies that situation. He doesn't want you to think outside of that situation. He wants that situation to be the only thing on your mind as you wake up in the morning. And the last thing on your mind as you go to bed in the night. His job is to say, how are you going to get out now? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? How do you come out of this? How do you come out of this? How do you come out of this? It will harass your mind. But the Holy Spirit will come in when you ask him for help. And what he will do is to magnify Jesus. Instead of magnifying the problem, it will help you magnify Jesus. When you see Jesus at the center of it all, everything will revolve around him. John 16, 
verses 13 to 14. Quickly, John 16, 13 to 14. Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. How much truth? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. All right? Next verse, verse 14. He shall glorify me. The Holy Ghost, his major ministry is to glorify Jesus. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. That's why I've been talking to the, the choir and I thank you for listening and for being obedient. Let our songs be songs of Jesus. Let it be all about him. All of our praise, all of our worship. We are taking worship his majesty to the Polytechnic Ibadan. Let me blanch, I hope we still have the, the deal. 10th of June is a Saturday. Let's worship the king. We're taking it out of the four corners of this room. So choir, get ready to bombard the Polytechnic, the music hall. We want to bring down his presence. We make the atmosphere conducive for him and it will come down. We are only able to do that when we yield to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit magnifies Jesus. And when, like we had this morning, such a powerful worship session. If you missed that worship session, I don't know where you were. It was so powerful. And all I, can, all I could think of was just Jesus. Listen, church. Whatever you're going through now will soon be over. It will not last forever. Can I have an amen? Stand. And keep standing. Don't throw away your courage. Don't throw in the towel. Don't run away. Don't give up hope. Stand. And you will see the salvation of the Lord in the name of Jesus. We are only able to stand as we yield to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we allow him strengthen us. I pray for someone today that you will find strength in your inner man. There are many other functions that are part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, like revealing secrets and the deep things of God. But that's not my job today. We have that in 1 Corinthians 2, from verse 9 to 12. You can write it down for your own meditation when you get home. But that, that's really not my job today. Okay, let me, let's, let's read verse 9. I like that verse 9. I like everything, actually. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. The things that God has prepared for you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man. Nobody can tell what your future looks like, how glorious it will be if you love the Lord. Can I ask you a question? Do you love the Lord? If you're not born again this morning, you don't love the Lord yet. You may sing our songs. You may speak our language. But you don't love him yet. To prove to him that you love him is to give him your heart. He said, my son, give me your heart. Surrender your heart to me. That's the beginning of loving God. And when you do that, he will come into your heart. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And then you can rely on the Holy Spirit for strength. In the day that you need it. Strength. Stand on your feet, everybody. I want to give you the word for the week. Jeremiah chapter 50. That's what the Lord gave me. Verses 33 to 34. Jeremiah chapter 50. Last week it was Isaiah 50. And verse 7. I don't know what is it, what it is with number 50. But this is Jeremiah 50. Verses 33 to 34. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. The children of, Ho the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. 
And all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. I don't know what situation you are in. And it looks as if you can't even get deliverance. You are not able to come out of it. But look at the next verse. It said their redeemer is strong. I say to you, expression house, your redeemer is strong. He's not weak. He will get you out of that situation. The Lord of hosts is his name. He shall thoroughly plead their cause. One person came to church. He shall thoroughly plead their cause. That he may give rest to the land. And disquiet the inhabitants of Babylon. He will give your enemies disquiet. But he will give you rest. Lift your hands and say, Father, I receive your word today. I have rest. I receive rest. I am standing right now, Lord. Say with me. I'm standing right now, Lord. And I will keep standing. Because I know you will come through for me. I know you are riding through the sky right now. In my help. You are bringing help to me. Help is on the way. So I will not cave in. I will not back down. I will not run away. I will not even sit down. I will stand and keep standing. In the name of Jesus. Now let's take authority over every spirit. Every foul devil. That might be tormenting our minds and our souls right now. As a result of the situation. So Father in the name of Jesus. I take authority in your name. In your word. And in your blood. And I use it against every enemy. Tormenting my mind. And my soul. I command you. Fear. Doubt. Worry. Anxiety. Take your dirty hands along with your master, Mr. Defeated Devil. Take your dirty hands off of my mind, off of my life, off of my family, and be gone in the name of Jesus. I live by faith in Christ Jesus, and I walk in love. I forgive everyone who has hurt me, so I'm free. You cannot have a hold on me. Take your dirty hands off of my mind, off of my life, off of my finances, off of my health, off of my academics, off of my business, off of my parents. If you have children, off of my children. Away, be gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have the peace of God that passes all understanding. It guards our heart and it guards our souls. Father, we thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit this morning. Thank you for speaking to us. We have been blessed by your word. Holy Spirit, we promise this week we will yield to you as you lead us. Prompt us. Speak to us. Let us not walk into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. Let us walk according to the dictates of the Almighty God. And for everyone in the middle of trouble, bring them out. Let them have testimonies to share. Give everyone under the influence of my voice today a testimony this week. This week, a testimony of your goodness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. Is there anyone here this morning that would like to say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. I want to start.